Hey guys, it is Pip Talk. Um, this is my first episode of Pip Talk. I've um, been sitting here during this quarantine time, COVID time, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, thinking what, what the heck can I do during this time. I've been wanting to motivate others and explain my story to others and try to get other people's story out here, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. So I have a friend that has my condition. He um, has osteogenesis imperfecta as well as I do. I have type 3, 4. He will be in my next podcast. I will save all that for later. I um, want to explain in this episode my who I am, what has brought me the person that I am today, what challenges I've gone through, what I um, struggle throughout an everyday, uh, or could struggle, or what makes me strong to the person I am today. So, I'm going to start out with my story and where I came and what has happened throughout my life. So I was adopted from a country called Bulgaria. It's kind of diagonal from Russia, but right above Ukraine. And it's a very poor country, very ancient, very um, sad, very, you know, people live on the streets, very poor people. There's no well-running good economy going on at that time. I was put in an orphanage, and I was really looking into why I was put there. I um, have, I looked, I googled, or I looked up on YouTube, the whole thing, and it's just sad, the whole video. And so I was wondering why all these special needs needed to be in the spot, and they said the special needs go to the poorest part of the country the poorest part of the um, city or whatnot. And I'm from Sofia, Bulgaria. So they just kind of stick them all in this little orphanage. And that was the first tragic thing in my life. I was adopted into the USA at four years old by an older lady. She adopted a guy, little boy too. Um, her name's Jane Forbes. She was 54 when she adopted me, and the little boy was 18 months. I was, I was technically three years and 11 months. It was February 27th I got adopted into the, I landed in, what, we landed, and our first U.S. landing was Washington, D.C. I, so, a year before I was adopted, I was discovered by her. She was working with um, a p- patients that have my condition. The mom had the same condition, and she had twins. And so my mom was working with the twins. They were about a year old, and she mentioned, oh, I want to adopt someone with this condition. Well, the mom, I don't know exactly how she found me, but she found me online and told Jane about it. And... Jane was very interested in it. 
she got the phone number. She called and she asked if I was available, which kind of sounds sad because it sounds like, oh, was this person available? Like, the dog available in the pound? I don't know, you know? Just like, oh, give it up, like, and it's crazy. I don't know. It's just, I feel like that's how it was put. I don't know exactly. But all I know is from the day she called, a week later she was on the airplane to come see me. They When she got there, they were like, oh, someone already is interested in her, but they haven't contacted me back. If you want her, she's yours. And they said it very direct and very firm. And that with being in Bulgaria, they talk very direct. and fi- They sound like they're very mean, but it's just the way they talk. And they're, they're very abrupt when they talk. And... So my mom started doing the paperwork, you know, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. She, she went home. Um, there was a video of me. It was like an advertising video, pretty much to kind of sell me, whatever. She wanted me. So she started doing the paperwork, started going through the legal process of everything. She also had a boy she was in the same process of doing after she found me. So they tried, I was supposed to be adopted a little later, but because she was from America and she was adopting two children from Bulgaria, they let us come the same time. It was the experience of walking out. Well, I was in a crib for four years. I never got out of the crib. They bathed me. They did everything in the crib. So I didn't know people's interactions. I didn't know what the outdoors looked like. I didn't know any of that stuff. So walking out of an orphanage, it was like, okay, where is my comfort zone? Why am I not where I'm supposed to be? It was like I was misplaced. And seeing the grass, the outdoors, feeling the air, being in a stroller, coming out, it was just very weird. I came, we landed. Um, well, I, the whole play the whole plane ride was a disaster. I was screaming. I was just, it was just bad. The flight attendant comes over and says, well, ma'am, we might have to get you, um, we might have to escort, we might have to land to exit you guys off. We can't have this. And the story, my mom explains the story. The attendant goes over to the pilot and she comes back. The pilot comes on the PA and like, says, oh, never mind, because I guess they were going to land, but it never happened. And the attendant comes over, and she starts crying. She just starts sobbing. They were like, you know what, we understand your story. I could only imagine being in this situation. So they kept on the plane ride, kept going. I come home, and, well, I come into Michigan. We land into Michigan. There were a lot of people there that I didn't know who the hell they were. They were relatives of this lady that had me on this airport, um, airplane ride. I was just like, they were all coming and hugging me. I was slapping them. I didn't know who the hell they were. I wasn't let people buy me. Hell no, that wasn't happening. So, because I didn't know people. I just didn't know. So we get home to what I, what was called home. I didn't, I saw these big dogs. 
I didn't know what the hell they were. I was crying. I never seen a dog in my life before at for four years old. That's just not right, but I didn't. It was I literally went and kinda hide. So they put me on the booster and try to feed me. I ate like I never could eat again. I'd eat till I was sick. I um adopted at four years old, like I said, I was 14 pounds. Like, that literally is about almost a month of a, a one-month baby. Like, that's not okay. It's four years old at four pound, 14 pounds. Like, yeah, no, that doesn't work well. And so I, my life was always a struggle. It was always not understanding why I couldn't be like everyone else. I wasn't acknowledged. I didn't understand what my condition was. I didn't understand why I was angry. At the time, I was angry. I was a very angry person, but no one could understand that. And I don't. And I couldn't understand it. If I can't understand it, who else is going to understand it? So, school was always a struggle. There's a lot of bullying, and now you hear about it all the time. Like it's a it's something that happens all the time. And so I started getting, I started progressing in my anger. And I have what's called RAD, or reactive attachment disorder, which is brought in from not being loved in the orphanage. And still to the day, I, could, I still have the question, what is love? You know? No one, I don't think a lot of us really know what love is. I don't know what love is, but maybe you guys do, but we never, I am so interested in to find exactly what that is. But one day I will. So, throughout my childhood, it was good. It was okay. I always knew I wanted to escape out of where I was. When I was like five years old, I always said, what year can I move out? And it was always 18, 18, 18. And I wanted to always escape. And I, you know, I would. That wasn't where I felt like I needed to be. I wasn't, I wasn't going to stay there. And so growing up, it was that way. Then after my teenage years, because I just went through a bunch of bullshit with that. Through my teenage years, it was a little rough. But when middle school hit, our family just started kind of dying down. Um, my mom was very, didn't really do much. I don't want to, I don't know what triggered that. So the day my brother started, we started being regular, I started being a high, middle school, high school student. I would want to go do things, and it was always a struggle of whatnot. And, you know, you have the little brother tattletaling and whatnot. And it was just, it was worse than what it should have any sibling would do. So during my high school years, he started going down a bad path as I started making the best of me. I, it was the summer into sophomore year. My mom, um, she wasn't someone that went grocery shopping even through my middle school years. She stopped grocery shopping. We stopped doing a lot of things. So I did a lot of it for her. And so one day, I walked down, I wheeled down. I, I was very independent with my power chair. 
I love to go in my power chair. I'm in the power chair, so that explains part of it. I went down to the grocery store, down, you know, half a mile, whatnot. I went to go get ice cream because, honestly, who wouldn't want ice cream on a summer day, right? And I saw some two girls, one that I knew from high school and the other lady, girl I didn't know. But I, I was like, you know, I waved. I was like, hey, what's up? You know, roll on by. Go out with my day. And so I come, I get a notification on my Snapchat from that person. And I was like, who the hell is this? I don't know who the hell this is, but what the, what the hell, I'm going to add him. So I did, I added her. She's like, let's meet up. Her name, now it comes, now um, her name's Lissy Climby. She came and, and she texted me. She's like, hey, want to meet up? The Snapchat of me, I was like, um, who are you? She's like, I just saw you at this ice cream shop. I was like, oh, okay, like, don't really know you, but okay. I was like, who, like, if we meet up, who are you going to, do you know anyone for plushing? So she knew someone that I grew up since, like, kindergarten with, and we got together. We went downtown. We just started talking and stuff. And then it just started becoming hanging out, coming over. We would have um, night talks and whatnot. We just, we just started getting real close. So, I don't know. We just got really close somehow. And my brother started progressing into more abuse. No one really believed it growing up. No one ever believed a lot of things. But somehow she could see that, and I had I felt like I had to prove a lot of things in my life, and I don't know why. I just always wanted to prove it to them. There was just this feeling and this vibe. So she finally saw something. I don't even remember which scenario it was that happened, and she asked if we could go out for breakfast. I'm like, sure, yeah, I love that. She said I get out of the house, great. So she gave me this opportunity. I never thought I would ever see myself at that point in my life doing. She was like, well, I think you can move on your own. Or, like, we could find somewhere that you can move. Would you ever take in consideration to do that? I'm like, I was like, most of me was like, I want to do this. I want to get the hell out of here. But there was a lot of, there was some of me, I was like, I was fearful. I didn't, a lot of people... Till this day, I get questioned as, how do you live on your own? How can you do it at your age? A lot of people my age couldn't even think about living alone. They go to college and they stay at their parents or whatnot. And, you know, at the point I was in in my life, I felt like that was the best solution, best choice for me. But it was a choice I didn't think I could do or I didn't think other people could see in me. You know, growing up, I always said, I always had, like, this dream. I want to move out when I'm 18. I want to move out when I'm 18. And never thought I could do it. So my mom went. She had um, something going on at, in Minnesota. My, si- my sister lived there, which is my mom's biological daughter. She, my mom had a, bio- um, a hospital situation where she went to Mayo Clinic for this research thing. I don't remember what the hell it was. But whatever, it's supposed to be a week ended up being five weeks. So during that time, we knew there was progression. And my best friend, she was over every day. We always, we had the best time of our life. We lived it up like a high school student. I had a big bang or whatever. Shit went down. Whatever. 
but we, we're high school students. Everything happens, you know. We we have to live our life, you know. So, um, this during this time, I wanted to make. I wanted to see if I could live alone. Because, this was like a trial run, which I was like, okay, yeah. Like she's like, okay, it's like a week, and I was like, if you want to stay longer, stay. Because I during this whole time, I wanted to see if I could live alone. And sure enough, I was just fine. I had to take care of five dogs, too. So I was in three cats. You know, I was fine doing what I wanted to do. I was, that was the best thing I've ever done. Be gone for, my mom be gone for five weeks, and I was living my life. So she came home. Well, you know, as we had all this progression, I knew when they were going to come home, eventually it was going to build up anger and destruction and toxic she came home the day before, and, well, during that day, the day before she came home, we cleaned up the house, we made it look spotless, we got rid of um, some furniture that wasn't just, it was not well taken care of, we got new furniture. She, they come in the house, my brother was like, where the hell is the recliner? I'm like, well, we got rid of it, the new ones still got to get built. All hell broke the ceiling, oh, you you would damn to say that. So I turn around. I'm getting ready to go, like, go to my bedroom, and he hits me over the side of the cape. Well, that that wasn't gonna go well for me at all. I ran into the bathroom, called my best friend. Cops come. There's a few other people that come by with my best friend. She's like, "Do you want to stay at my house for a week? I'll uh, come over to my house." So her mom was up north. So we all go. I go to her house. Her mom comes home. We're trying to figure out the situation. We didn't know the situation. We didn't. We didn't know what I was gonna do, cause no, there was still no apartment available. We're still looking. So my mom called back, played the sob story. I went home. I sat with them. I said, "If he ever lays a hand on me again, I will be out, and I will never come back." And my, me and my best friend didn't really talk throughout that time because I was just, I made the decision to go back, but it was just whatever happened, I just went back. So therefore, um, February 14th, it was Valentine's Day. It happened again. It was a different situation, but it happened. It was, the next day I had to go to school, there, there was a lot, I wasn't going to fake it. I wasn't. I was gonna go in because I already talked to my counselor from school. Told him what happened. Told her what happened. They were already aware of it. So we got through the APS. I, I said, you know, because I made that promise. If I, if he does it again, I will never come back. And that day after school, I moved out. I went over to an older church friend's house. I was there for three months. I moved. And then an apartment came available in Montrose. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do that. So I, I took that opportunity. It was in the, it was in the mid, beginning of May of 2020 or 2018. I took that up apartment. Then I mean, it just learning how to live alone, live alone was kind of it was a rough, rough path. It was really bumpy, not knowing, not knowing how to manage my money, um, not knowing. When to say no, when not to say no, stuff like that. Because people thought I was an easy target. Well, shit, yeah, I, 
I wanted people like me because I was on my own. So I let people be an easy target. Then I realized at the end of the day, I wasn't, I was really damaging myself. So I was like, you know what? I, I, knew, I knew what I needed, a new opportunity, but I didn't know what. So the people, uh, the mom that had the twins that had the same condition back in the beginning of the story, they came back in my life and they were like, well, you should move up to Bay City. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And there was college up there. I mean, I was out of high school by then. I, I wanted to make something different on myself. So they, I moved up there. I moved to their house for a week because a month because the part, there was no apartments available. So it was really, I was lucky enough, I got an apartment in a month. And so they, that came up open. I moved out. I, in that month, I had my college ready. I had a job. I got my apartment, got my finances all put together, all my debt paid. Um, what else did I have? I had all my insurance, all my medical stuff figured out because having this condition, you have to have your medical. You know, it's just, you can't have not have insurance and whatnot. So I had that all figured out in a month. I was determined to make something better myself. So to this day, June 3rd, I still live in the same apartment. I still live alone. I still am more healthy. Um, I still, I'm more, I know how to more manage my money and what, when people should come in my life, what not. I'm more focused on what's for my life and what's driven, what, um, what's going to make the best for me. I still am that Delta. I'm going to be doing Northward. I'm going in, I'm really trying to focus on my, um, accounting, forensic accountant, which that is, um, it's like a detective abroad and the legal aspect of accounting. So that's what I'm really hoping to look into. So that's part of like a little bit of my story throughout. Well, here's another thing. A year ago, I'm gonna talk about something with my condition. A year ago, May 29th, 2019, I had my 56th surgery. They did an, um, an autotomy on my femur. They had to put a new rod in. That was something that has really brought me into the person I am today. Uh, throughout all the other surgeries throughout my life, I don't really remember. I mean, I remember them, but I don't remember them being so mentally draining. And again, my best friend was throughout the whole thing on that. And a lot of, there was a lot of support because I was making the change of what's best for me. And those, I had a lot of better people, not so much toxic pe- people in my life. And to this day, I still, it's still, my leg is still sore, but I'm learning how to walk on it again a little bit, put a little pressure on it. And a lot of people question, no, I just want to get this point. A lot of people like, how can you have, how can, are you still stable with 56 surgeries and with all the situation throughout your life? You know, a lot of us, we're going to see the perfect perfection in our lives. Or tell other people what's perfect in our life, but not focus what has happened in our past to make us become who we are. It doesn't mean you have to focus on the path. And a lot of people do focus on the path and stay in that in their past and don't want to make a change. And this is kind of why I'm explaining my story because 
you can take so much toxic and so much confusion and a fucked up life to become more successful. A lot of people that have been through Harlem back have make the best, they're the ones, the successful people have that story. And you know, one thing I will say, it's a saying I say, life is one hell of a fucked up road. It's up to you if you want to go to that, the beautiful destination because at the end of the day, there is a beautiful destination. It's up to you if you want to go through, you're going to have to go through bumps, dead ends, blocks, um, detours, different things you don't think, you don't expect you're going to have. You'll have to go through that. At the end of the day, if you're still living you, and you've gone through your life, you made the bumps. You know, sometimes about, sometimes the roads are going to be more bumpy than other times. And this is, and so this podcast I want to make and can continue as with experiencing and explaining more of my life and doing and focusing a big thing on mental illness and rare conditions. So I'll be doing interviews with people and explaining, bringing different conditions, different scenarios of mental illness, different things to become um, continuous episodes. So I'm hoping to have this twice a week. I don't know how it's going to start out with. I'm just starting out. But I hope you guys really are interested in learning not only my stories and continuing my, my stories, but hearing other people's stories and knowing that or you might know someone with what I talk, that you're not alone, that we're all in this together. And I think this is going to help during the COVID time too because we all feel like we're stuck and we're into something that we can't get out of. But we're all in the together. You're not alone. So I hope you guys like this episode. If you guys want to keep continuing and see different different scenarios and different situations, um, subscribe. And I hope to... I hope you guys are ready for the next episode. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.